Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In this podcast, we're going to talk frankly but sensitively about issues some people might find disturbing, including rape and suicide. If you or someone you know is suicidal, in the U.S., dial 988. Check out this podcast notes page for information on LGBT plus mental health resources in your community. In a previous episode of Shattering the System, we learned how Jamel Moore, a young black man, was found dead in the apartment of Ed Buck, a white man who knew how to navigate the ins and outs of West Hollywood. At first, Jamel's death was ruled an accidental overdose, and just five days later, the case was closed. Then 18 months later, another gay black man was found dead in the same apartment. Timothy Dean also died of an overdose. Timothy was 55 years old, and his friends say he had a lot of interests and was still very much full of life. He loved the game of basketball, for instance. He was a genuine athlete, and basketball was something he loved and was good at. Something I find interesting about the world of West Hollywood is when you have a city full of gay folk, you start noticing them everywhere. Because in a place like this, well, there are just all kinds of people. I remember a friend of mine came to visit and we went to a basketball court, you know, for a casual game of 21. Now, when we got to the court, which is kind of in the center of the most important part of West Hollywood... This court is just across the street from the L.A. Sheriff Station in WeHo, and it's also a few yards from almost all of WeHo's nightlife. 
I'll give you a more detailed tour of West Hollywood in a later episode. But when we got back to my apartment, he was so winded and tired. And he was even surprised that a basketball court in West Hollywood would be every single bit as competitive as one in South Central or the South Bronx or the South Side of Chicago. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Los Angeles Lakers. Basketball was really important to Timothy Dane. He was a part of the National Gay Basketball Association, the NGBA, as well as the Land the Basketball League. The dude was inducted into the Gay Basketball Hall of Fame in 2001, and he won a silver medal at the Paris Gay Games in 2018. Gay basketball has been around since the early 90s, and a lot of these stories are, are just lost if they're not captured. That's Michael Thomas. He's a documentary filmmaker from Belgium. Sports and basketball in particular are a part of his life and work. So I live in Los Angeles myself since 2008. And also when I moved here, I also kind of came out as gay. And yeah, I've been involved in the LGBT community ever since. And I also play basketball in the Gay Basketball League. He's come close enough to LeBron James to get splashed with champagne after one of LeBron's championship wins. It's over! It's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! Among his documentaries is the film Game Face about queer athletes and their quest for acceptance. It was through basketball that he learned about the life and death of Timothy Dean. Tim passed, Tim, like first Jamel passed in 2017. Then, um... People kept going over there, uh, drugs kept happening in that apartment, nothing was ever done. In 2019, Timothy Dean dies, still nothing is being done, people keep going in and out. Michael had long wanted to do a documentary about basketball. He just never thought it would come about the way it did. He was already gathering interviews among his friends about the world of gay sports and basketball when Timothy Dean was found dead in the home of that buck. Two different men entered Buck's apartment and left in body bags. Michael could feel how much pain their mutual friends were in. There was a uh, basketball tournament um, in Los Angeles with teams from all over the country that came. After the tournament, remember this is in 2019, there was an after-party at a bar on Santa Monica Boulevard. Ironically, that bar was called Rage. Unlike other bars along Santa Monica Boulevard, this bar was decidedly non-white and young. Rage, which has been closed and renamed, is literally kitty-corner to the L.A. Sheriff's Office. Lots of friends of Tim were there at that party, um, and the after-party was at Rage, so not just people from basketball, but everyone was able to, to come in there. Um, and we were just surprised to suddenly see that Ed Buck was in front of the entrance and was just coming in. Michael could not believe it. There, at a bar, was Ed Buck. Two men died of overdoses in Buck's apartment in an 18-month period, but he hadn't been charged in the deaths. Jamel Moore was dead, Timothy Dean was dead, and walking into a bar full of Timothy Dean's friends is Ed Buck. He had no shame to just stroll the streets of West Hollywood and look for his his, uh, his next victims and in his eyes, like he didn't do anything wrong. But it was just incredible to see him there on the street. It's, it's just so infuriating and um, there's nothing we could do. 
to everyone's surprise, Ed Bucks coming in to chill at the bar. Did I say the bar's name was Rage? We had to hold people back as well because we didn't want them to get into it with Ed Buck because, you know, we don't want our friends to end up in jail and Ed Buck being being out, you know. Michael realized there was something he could do. He could do a documentary film. Jamel and Tim was released in 2021. It looks into the lives of Ed Buck's victims. Ed Buck is a predator that masqueraded around just to hunt down the bodies of black men, someone that was hiding in plain sight. I know that one of the biggest frustrations um, from friends and family is the difference of how the victims were portrayed and how Ed Buck was portrayed. Ed Buck, all his, his whole resume was being acknowledged in the press, everything that he has achieved. But with Jamel and Tim, all the worst things that they have done in life, that was highlighted. And then it's very easy to, you know, for people to say like, oh, well, you know, prostitute this or like they deserved it or drugs or, you know, then it's very easy to 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 blame or to like protect Ed Buck. Yeah. So it's like political donor, sex worker. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, not you know, that, that that's a very correct. It's it's uh, yeah. The portrayal was day and night because that human aspect was left out in a lot of the portrayal. And I think if we create a human aspect that creates compassion and and a reason why we should care about these stories. That human aspect that gets left out is what this podcast is here to do. Highlight what's been left out, the personal and professional of a man called Timothy Dean. Through the eyes of those who knew him and loved him, like his friend Richard Martin. He was not a drug addict. He was not homeless. He never hurt a single person. And I think that that sometimes is forgotten. I'll say this, especially with white men, as soon as something scandal happens, white men have a tendency to go, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. Who was Timothy Dean? Fashionista, baller, benefactor, red carpet aficionado? And why does the media only want to see him as a victim, a drug addict, or a sex worker? In the rush to make news, often we don't pause to see the complex people behind the headlines. Well, that's why we're here. I'm your host, Sonari Glinton, and this is Shattering the System, the true crime podcast that's about more than crime. Just because someone's life ends in tragedy doesn't mean their life is tragic. Today on the program, the life and legacy of Timothy Dean. Shattering the System gets started after this message. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future. 
especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. This is Shattering the System. I'm your host, Sonari Glenton. Tim Dean was just larger than life. He had this personality that you knew when he entered a room. You knew that you knew how he loved you by the way that he treated you. That clip we just heard is from the documentary Beyond and Buck. And in this episode, we want to talk about the life and legacy of Timothy Dean. Recently, my producer Jonathan and I took a drive over the Hollywood Hills into the San Fernando Valley to meet with a good friend of Timothy Dean, Richard Martin. Richard? Yes. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How about yourselves? Doing okay. Richard. Jonathan. Nice to meet you. Sonari. Sonari, nice to meet you. Thanks Thanks for having us. All right, Lucy. We met Richard Barden at his home in Toluca Lake. He's a Hollywood talent manager, mainly of soap opera actors. You can see headshots of actors all around his office, all faces that look sort of familiar. Um, Estelle Harris from Seinfeld and Mrs. Potato Head. She was my first client. Oh, and there is a tour. That is, I mean, that must be worth something. There's a Mrs. Potato Head from and Toy she, Story. She signed the top of it. Richard is one of Timothy Dean's closest friends. And as he shows me around, you can see there are a lot of photos. It's right in the, right in here. So this, I gotta find them all because, you know, my husband takes things away sometimes because I could be a little emotional at times with, with things, but though here's Tim. And is this you? Yeah, that was me. That's probably the time when I met, um, Tim. In this picture, he looks like he's about in his thirties. Richard and Timothy met in the 90s at the Gold's Gym in Hollywood. Timothy Dean was tall, had broad shoulders, and an even broader smile. He was handsome, and when he wasn't on the basketball court, you just might see him sporting a well-tailored suit with a variety of bow ties. And after they first met at the gym, Timothy and Richard remained friends, and they sort of grew up together, trying to figure out the workings of West Hollywood in the early aughts. And it's clear from our conversation that Timothy Dean... He really celebrated life. One of the things that I always knew every year is that his birthday wasn't his birthday. It wasn't a birth week. It was a birth month. He loved to celebrate his birthday. 
my husband and I threw his surprise 50th birthday party and we pulled it off. How? I don't know, but we did. If you, I, you never met him. I mean, he was, uh, um, you knew he was in the room. Thing is, he could fill a room physically. He was athletic, you know, they met at a gym. Timothy enjoyed all parts of Hollywood. Though there was an air of mystery about him, for instance, Richard threw Timothy's 40th and 50th birthday parties. After going through the math, Richard realized that the two parties were actually only seven years apart. But it wasn't really his 40th. He, it was his 43rd. But I, when I found out, when I added things up to his 50, I'm like, wait a minute, this can't be 50. Since 43, since 40 was only seven years ago. And they lived in the girl, I like a party. <laughs> Timothy Dean loved the party, and he loved being a part of Hollywood life. He had a daily access to glamour. He worked as a fashion consultant at Saks Fifth Avenue. Before that, it was Bloomingdale's and Beverly Hills. Those kinds of jobs put Timothy Dean at the very heart of what we might call the Hollywood industrial complex. Designers, stylists, celebrities would have all been among the people that he interacted with. We'd like to talk about reality television. We would talk about every Real Housewives. He had an opinion about everyone from Orange County to, you know, the Real Housewives of New York. We were all shiny hood ornaments. We were all train wrecks. I know. We were all, yeah, I run with a fabulous <laughs> circle, circle of people. people. The New York Magazine and the Real Socialites saw them. We're like, what the fuck? I was broke in a studio apart. We were all flawed. Tim always felt like he knew them. And he would be like, oh, did you hear what Miss Vicky did? And oh, oh girl, She'd, he would always want to talk to me about, and I fed into it. I, lo- I did love it. What sense uh, did you have of this family? Well, I had a different sense prior to, I had met uh, his sister, and they weren't really fully understanding of his of, of him being gay and I felt that explain that they just didn't couldn't understand why this this beautiful you know man was gay and, and I don't I honestly to this day I don't really think they fully understand that I just don't think that they fully accepted him being gay how did you see him deal with that he came out to L.A. to become a totally different person. And did he succeed? In parts of it, yes. In parts, no. I think he had demons in him that came back from, honestly, and I don't really care because I've expressed this to his family. Um, I just don't think that he ever felt fully embraced by his family. tale as old as time. Timothy Dean would do what gay men do. He'd made his own family. He would help his friends start his management company, doing everything from working the phones to helping find clients. And like so many imposing, tall, black men, Timothy Dean cared about his appearances and especially his clothes. When he talked to those who knew him, he seemed to be on a constant self-improvement streak. Toward the end of his life, he'd be baptized at the megachurch 1LA, and he would decide to get his college degree while in his 40s. All signs of a man who was looking very much towards the future. 
I think one of the proudest moments of Timothy Dean's life is when he graduated from Santa Monica College two years. He wore that cap and gown all night long, and he, you know, he was so proud of himself that he finally accomplished that because he got no help from anybody. He did that on his own. He had no family to help him. He just decided that that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to actually better himself. He would get his college degree surrounded by his friends. He'd write about his accomplishment on Facebook that, quote, This degree will not change the world, but it will be the first degree earned by anyone in my family. I'm Scenario Glenton. This is Shattering the System, the true crime podcast that's about more than crime. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. This is Shattering the System. I'm Sonari Glenton. That's Timothy Dean you hear happily clapping and talking a bit in a video clip shared by his friend Richard Martin. A video that was not shared with us by anyone is a part of Tim's life that the media widely reported on. It was his work as an adult film actor known by the name Hole Hunter. In many of the stories about Timothy Dean, there's a prudish way that his life is written about focusing on his work in porn and his sex work to the exclusion of everything else. And I think that this is a part of the story of Timothy Dean, the pearl clutching that's happened in relation to his sex work. I can't pretend to clutch my non-existent pearls. As a gay man who's lived in multiple cities, 
I've known queer sex workers in Hollywood or West Hollywood. It's kind of hard not to know them. I have several friends who have done or do sex work and Ed Buck isn't alone having paid for sex. I have and so have many other gay men. I didn't want to talk about Timothy Dean's sex work in a vacuum. Hi, so my name is Alex Garner. I'm the director of community engagement at Impact Global. Impact is a global nonprofit working uh, to advance gay men's health and human rights. The reason we wanted to talk to someone like Alex Garner about sex work is that it's a reality of the story and how Ed Buck was able to lure men to his home. It's one of the systems Ed Buck used to target a marginalized group. As I talked to Alex Garner over a Zoom call, we touched on everything from the economics of sex work to the changing nature of gay dating. He could relate to the choices that Timothy Dean made. I mean, I think so much of it has to do with your relationship to sex and your relationship to your body and your relationship to the idea that someone's going to pay you money to have sex with them. Uh, and I would have friends that would ask me, oh, do you think I should do it? And, and I would say, if you, if you feel psychologically that you can handle any of the issues that can come with it, and I, I mean issues largely around feeling internally shame and guilt around something that you're doing, um, that's going to destroy you. Right? If you're doing a job, any job, and doing that job makes you feel, makes you hate yourself, then that's not the job for you. Uh, and we have everything in, in, in our society and culture that reinforces this idea that if you're doing sex work, all these lists of bad things about you, immoral and wrong and dirty and perverted. So if you're able to overcome those things and see it as simply another job, a job that you can enjoy, a job that, that you can be good at, um, then you can, you can be successful. But if, if, Unfortunately, you're, you aren't able to do that. You don't have the skills or the support to, to overcome or navigate that. Then it can do harm. We don't know whether or not Timothy Dean found fulfillment in doing sex scenes. We do know that money was tight. That's true of a lot of Angelinos. The average home in Los Angeles goes for $950,000 or an 800 square foot apartment goes for an average of $2,700. A month, And we all play those games. How much money would it take for you to cross some boundary? The key to why Timothy Dean and Jamel Moore could be manipulated, Garner says, is they were economically vulnerable. If this person wasn't feeling economically vulnerable, they'd be less likely to say yes to that if they didn't really want to do it. Right. So we we say yes to things all the time if we think it's going to make us more money. And we do that because we often are feeling economically vulnerable, right? Whether it's in terms of housing or food or, or whatnot. So I think that's the other larger structural issue is that if people didn't have to worry about those sorts of things, they would make very different choices. They would have very different boundaries uh, when it comes to things like sex work because those boundaries can move depending on how hungry you are. And that's perfectly reasonable. When you're worried about eviction or getting food and you see 42,000 homeless people, that's according to the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, which are disproportionately black men, it's no surprise two men struggling to make ends meet would do what they had to do. But at some point, you know, an interesting story is that um, he was contemplating having a child with, uh, with a lesbian lady. 
That's Otavio today. He was Timothy Dean's last roommate. In the time that he knew Timothy, he saw him contemplating major life changes. Timothy had gotten a college degree in his 40s. And Octavio says when Timothy was in his 50s, he was thinking about having a child. And uh, that was uh, an interesting thing because uh, I once came home at a time that maybe was not expected. And uh, I, I sort of opened the door in the middle of a, a private moment. Of your gay roommate with a woman? Yes. Yes, uh, yes, and um, you know, clearly might have needed a little bit um, of uh, additional stimulation because on TV there was a gay porn going on. I'm telling this story because what's interesting to me is that the man was really trying to find purpose in his life. The two men could not have been more different. There was a 20-year age gap and a difference in their sexualities. But Octavio says Timothy was someone that he genuinely came to care for. Octavio says Timothy's generosity helped him stay in L.A. Probably the most important gift that Timothy gave him was that he allowed him to live in his apartment off the books. He lived in his apartment with uh, rent control and uh, I was never on the lease. I should have been on the lease, you know, because by doing that, they would have... Uh, they would have had a claim to uh, raise the rent. So in order to allow me to live with, you know, this very uh, convenient rent, etc., you know, we, we sort of kept it among us. Timothy Dean could have charged market rent for Octavio, but instead charged him a ridiculously low amount. Octavio had never seen Timothy on hard drugs, so he had no idea what was in store for him when he got to the apartment that late January night. He had just gotten back from visiting his family in Bologna. So, you know, I had a flight like early, like 7 a.m. from Bologna. My mom and my father drove me to the airport. From Bologna to LAX, flying economy can take 24 hours easy. And then you get to LA and they broke my luggage um, in, you know, probably loading it in the plane. One wheel is missing and literally is not even closing well. So, you know, I leave the airport, I take an Uber, I put all my stuff in. And, uh, you know, I approach Hampton Avenue and uh, I see, you know, lights and trucks and uh, I'm like, oh, weird, you know, maybe they're filming something. And the Uber driver that was a Los Angeles native is like, no, you know, these uh, are trucks from the news. Something must have happened. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I leave the Uber and I'm approaching uh, the building and literally there is like a, a crowd of people seeing me approaching this building, you know, uh, coming closer to me. There are those moments when your life has changed and you're just waiting to hear about it. And uh, I have like this broken luggage that, luggage that I'm dragging and I have a bunch of clothes in my arms and backpack. Next thing he knows, he's blinded by lights and staring down the barrel of microphones. You know, they start pointing lights and microphones like, uh, I'm like, what's going on? It's like, they ask me, do, do you live here? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, and then they, somebody takes out a phone with a picture. And it's a picture of Timothy. He's like, do you know this person? And I'm like, yeah, he's my roommate. And everybody's like, Vroom, you know, coming closer <laughs> more. And, um, and I'm like, uh, what's going on? You know, Octavio has no idea what has happened. They really got closer to me just to try to gather more information. And the first thing they told me is like, uh, we are trying to identify a victim. You know, like, uh, we, we think that the person that, you know, passed away is this, is Timothy Dean. And we, we are gonna, you know, we're gonna show you the picture to 
pretty much confirm his identity. I was not believing my ears, you know, like, uh, I mean, you know, I certainly was like, oh, you know, what, you know I want to know more what's going on here, you know, how, you know, what, what happened. They didn't really have much information at that time. They just said, you know, he was found dead in an apartment not far away from here. And the version that they told me was like that, you know, I think there were cameras in the building, you know, that he was, let's say, reported to enter the apartment or the building, you know, let's say at midnight, and at 12.30 he was declared dead by paramedics. So what happened is that once I went through the, the crowd of journalists, etc., you know, I entered the building and I go up to the apartment and literally I'm in the apartment for two minutes and I hear knocking at the door and the gentleman that was the manager of the building is like, uh, you know, like there is a murder investigation, you are not on the lease, uh, you know, you can't really stay here. So now it's like 1 a.m. and I have my stupid broken luggage, etc., and, uh, and I have no time, you know, so I grab like a couple of uh, socks and underwear and I leave. Two men dead in one apartment, and yet Ed Buck was still allowed to keep luring men there. On the surface, it's a tourist mecca, but West Hollywood has a very deep history of organized crime, corruption, and vice. That's on the next episode. Shattering the System is a production of Macro Studios and iHeart Podcasts. I'm your host, Sonari Glenton. You can follow me on Instagram at Sonari plus the number one. Our executive producers are Charles D. King, Asia Corpus Wynn, Roy Orecchio, Jonathan Unger, Lindsay Hoffman, and Sonari Glenton. That's me. Our podcast is co-written and produced by Ralph Cooper III and Ben Corey Jones. Erica Rodriguez is our associate producer. Dana Conway is our archival producer. Chris Mann is the audio engineer and sound design and music provided by Chris Mann with Podshaper and Amy Villalobos with help from Lisa Pollock. Our assistant editors are Amy Villalobos and Edward Petress. Special thanks to Jennifer Buonantoni and the Press Pass LA Agency. Also special thanks to Portia Robertson-Migas and Karen Gregsby-Bates. Stay tuned for the next Shattering the System. See you next time. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.